as God's establishment of the truth, as pillar and the foundation of the truth. Also now we now look into, now that God's, the church is God's household, how did we get there? We got there because God sent his mercy, and by his mercy we got saved through grace. Now we have looked at saved by grace and saved to walk. We also looked at haven't God saved us by grace and he forgave us all our transgressions and he saved us for the purpose that we will become a workman in his hand. The ministers, therefore, the gift of ministry, according to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 and verse 11, 12, tells us that the ministry gift is given by God, the grace of God, to be able to equip God's people for this work. Having said that, we stopped at the fact that hasn't God done all this for us, we need to let our members know now that they must go out and tell somebody. So come along with me as we explore further on the church of the living God. Now the last scripture that I said, or the last area of topic we're going to cover, is now that we are saved by grace and it's by mercy of God, exploring the understanding of grace and mercy, at least to an extent, having a true knowledge of what mercy is and what grace is, rather. That grace of God does not precede the mercy. Anywhere you find grace manifest is because mercy has been sent first. When the mercy from God locates a man, then grace will work for him. Let me say something to you. There's a little story that um, I will tell you, then in the week we will treat it further. I was studying the healing ministry of Jesus Christ, and I found out that every person healed by Jesus Christ, the first thing that happened was they obtained mercy. Jesus had mercy on them. And sometimes, even it is written, Jesus had compassion, and then healing came. And I think I can identify with that in my own personal life. When we look into the area of ministry, practical ministry, I'll help you know this. Sometimes when God wants to heal people in my ministry, what will happen to me is a compassion beyond my control. And when that happens to me, if I stretch my hand toward that area and speak, I know God will do it. Because it is He who put the burden of compassion, and that's when He wants to heal people. And I've I've found it never missing when I operate like that. When that happens, I'm sensitive to it. And when I'm sensitive to that, that happens, I go for it. It doesn't matter what the sickness is, whether it's, you know, crippled, mumbled, jumbled, and stuff, or totally blind or dead, it doesn't matter. And I've seen the Lord heal the blind and 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 the lame and even raise the dead in my ministry through this, you know, procedure. So mercy is very, very important. When God has mercy on a man, his grace will work for the man. A man that has not obtained mercy, grace cannot work for him. You remember the story about Bartimaeus. And Jesus was passing Bartimaeus on the street and said, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. And he was discouraged by others. And they said, shut up. He, the Bible says he cried the more. And when his cry for mercy reached the throne of the Father, the Father sent mercy. And you know the Son has the grace. He's full of grace. So the mercy arrested the Son. Because whenever mercy is sent, Anybody who God had endowed grace upon, the grace will stop and the grace will turn towards where the mercy is. It will force the one that carries the grace towards the mercy because it's like a magnet. When people obtain mercy, the grace God has put on another person will be seeking to, to, to manifest, either consciously or unconsciously. Whenever mercy of God locates him, then grace has to come and work for him. We'll talk very much more about this when I talk into uh, the area of uh, practical ministry operating in signs and wonders and stories. You see how easy we can operate in healing, 
in signs and wonders as a cooperation with the Father. It's you, it's the Father, the recipients to the Father, the Father to the Son, and the Son to you. And your grace will go in there and will operate. We'll look at that very practically. So now, haven't Jesus done all that for us? Then go tell. Let your members know. Tell everybody. Tell them what? About a God who is the father of the household. And who loves all mankind. It doesn't matter what you are. The God who said, come unto me, all you that labor, and are heavy laden, and you'll find rest for your soul. The God who does not condemn you. You know? He knows that we are frail. And he knows that we are human. And he knows that after we've blown up our life, we come back. He hasn't repented about us. What he plans for us remains when, if we can come back. Go tell. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 to 11 to 17. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Now, in these scriptures or all what I've been teaching you, I've said to you, we'll be going back to these basics. This is foundation of Christianity. That is to know the church of the living God. You recognize the fact that I was telling you about grace is an offer. And you receive. There's a contract struck. This scripture says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Everyone who believes, you must believe first for it to work for you. I would together now. Go tell people, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Tell your members, don't be ashamed. If, you, if, a, if a medical doctor discovered a cure for cancer, he will, he will shout it at the rooftop. He will shout it to everybody that I have discovered it, come over. He would dare any opposition to let people know that I really know this stuff. So believers must be proud of the cross of Calvary. Tell your members, they must not be ashamed of the gospel. Speak it in the house, speak it in the bus, speak it in the train, speak it everywhere you go. Let the world know the gospel of Jesus is the power of God that leads to salvation. Nothing else. Salvation is found in no other name. Neither is there any name under heaven by which man shall be saved. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Let them know this. Let them go tell. We have to say, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. Everybody is included. Verse 7 says, for in the gospel, I love this, a righteousness from God is revealed or has been revealed. A righteousness that is by faith or the righteousness that comes by faith. First, from first to the last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith or the just shall live by faith. Now, look, understand that. The word the just He's speaking about righteous. It's not just as in conduct. He's speaking about the righteous who became righteous by faith in the name of Jesus, not by doctrine, not by works, as we have looked at it last week, not by somebody's intelligence, not by birth. You can be born by a righteous man. You don't attain righteousness because your father was righteous. You have to attain your righteousness. It is you who have to decide to accept Jesus. Because you remember the Bible says there, I'm not afraid of the gospel of Jesus because the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So the salvation of the Father will not redeem the children. I've met some people who said, you know, when we are you a Christian family? 
To come from a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian. Let them know that. <laughs> I'm going to teach you on this week about curses. It is a ridiculous statement to believe that a Christian can be cursed. Very, very ridiculous. Very ridiculous. And yet, it has become the, the, the most spoken language by God's people. Because of ignorance. <laughs> you know, we look at that, we look at this scam. This scam is from the devil. You know, the devil loves half education. <laughs> because once you have half education, you are a good tool in the hands of Satan. He will pervert all those half in this application. So the Bible tells us, salvation, tell them, is by faith. Righteousness is attained by putting your faith in Jesus. You must let your children know this. You must let your friends know this. You must let everybody know this. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God has been revealed. That is a righteousness that is by faith. The Bible says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. We'll look into that along as we go. Matthew 28 verse 12 verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth have been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the end of age. Now, can you tell your church members that they must be careful when they go and tell? They should never tell anything taught on television or taught by any minister that is contrary to what Jesus has taught. I was watching a program yesterday. He's talking about God brain. I don't know whether you watched it. He talked about God brain when I got home. And what the guy was doing in his presentation is what is God brain. He began to interview religious people. And he went to Israel. Where can you go apart from Israel? <laughs> to investigate that. He interviewed some Jews. And he said to them that, look, say after me, what color do you like? Moses? I love red. He said, okay, will you change your belief? He said, no, no, that's just what I love. He said, okay, for $50, will you change your belief? And the guy said, all right, okay. What do you want me to say? He said, I love pink. He said, I love pink. Okay, we got $50. Now he went to some other person and asked them what they love most, like, you know, food or whatever. And they said those material things. And he offered them $200. Will you change it for $200? Okay, yes. Yeah, what do you want to say? And he said something else. He went same, back to the same people and said that you believe there is God? He said, oh, wow, yes, I believe in God. That is God. He said, will you change your belief in God for $10? He said, me? Forget it. What about $100? The guy who took $50 and changed his taste, her taste of color. He said, no, 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 no. You, you, you're going beyond your boundary now. He said, I give you $1,000. He said, forget your $1,000. I give you a million dollars. I don't care what you want to give me. There is God. Full stop. And the guy went to another guy, other guys, and, you know, tried to make them, do you believe in God? He said, yeah, I do believe in God. If I give you this amount, will you disbelieve God? He said, no. So the guy came back and I said, he said, that God brain. He said, when people believe in a doctrine, they check the, the rest reflexes of their brain and it showed us how the brain reacts to doctrines in graphical representation. And he said, when people believe in a particular doctrine, it is almost impossible to change them from that doctrine. They will die for it. 
It says even those who don't believe in God have the same, you know, you know, reflex when they check their brain. That belief they had believed is not easy to make them unbelieve that. Where people can change the color of their clothes that they believe they love a particular food most, they can change it, they can change any other material things, but when it comes to God, they just stick to it. Now, what has that to do with you therefore? When Jesus said here that we should go and make disciples, Jesus said, teaching them all I have taught you. All the doctrines that they are teaching on television, tell your members never to teach it. If you go tell about Jesus, talk about Jesus, not about David. Talk about Jesus, not about Absalom. Don't tell them about Elijah. He didn't die for them. Listen to me. Don't talk about Abraham. He didn't die for the sinner. You talk about Elijah. You talk about David. You talk about Abraham in the church. To teach people how to conduct themselves. Remember I told you. Showed you in the Bible. But this guy outside who are not saved, they need Jesus. That's all they need. That is the reason why the story of anybody in the Bible cannot bring salvation except the life of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Must understand. Don't talk about curses, about demons and stuff. These guys also don't need to be discouraged. They are already under the devil by the devil. They have been enslaved by the devil, afflicted by the devil, messed up by the devil. The worst thing you can do is to add to their mess. Tell your church people, Jesus commanded us to go talk what he taught us. What Jesus taught us. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus said to the Jews who believe, he said, if you Obey my teaching, you are my true disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is what the church needs to teach people. Tell them to go tell. Having said that, teach your members that they must be convinced totally that they are God's child. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. Can I say something to you? I'll go through a few scriptures to you here that you need to put in cognizance of your membership. We have looked at the fact that it is grace that brought us to the God's family. But how much do you feel your members know they are God's children? How much do you think they know? I would tell you that to assess that is just to look at Especially in the areas of problems, issues, conviction and a true knowing that is a child of God, we consider God first in every circumstance. That's the first. It's not man first, then God. No, 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 no. It's because they have a knowledge that they are God's children, but they are not really in understanding of it. If you look at the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, it says, Yet to all who received him, who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born 
Listen. Did you see this now? I love it. No human decision or her husband's will. But, born of God. Hey, let me ask you some questions. How do you think that all ministers in the world believe this? <laughs> let me ask you a question, therefore. If they believe it, why should some ministers believe that some demons have some power over them? That tells me they don't, know, they don't believe. I don't know, we are in England, alright? And we love our queen, okay? I don't think that Prince William will feel threatened by somebody boasting against him along Brixton. Or somebody boasted against him in New Cross and he ran back to the palace, locked up himself in the room and started fasting to the queen that the queen should come and help him. I can't understand how that works. Excuse me. If anybody mess around, even if he was casually dressed, you know, and somebody mess around, he only needed another person to identify him there. Are you not? Oh, are you not Prince William? And he says, well, you know, that's me. That guy was king, the person that is trying to mess him up. Oh, tell him, are you stupid? Are you stupid? This is William. So angels do to those who are God's children. A demon would not be so stupid to try to intimidate a person that he is very much aware that he knows he is the son of God. Impossible. Impossible. Of course, if you are not aware, they can mess you up. Ignorance is what kills Christians. Demons have no power over them. They are God's children. Now, that scripture tells me, yet, to all who received past tense, him, you pass through the, the, the line of mercy into grace, to those who believed past tense, his name as the Listen to me. He, Jesus, gave them the right to become part of God's family. Part of his brother. Now he children that is born, not by decision of parents. Either your father was born again, he wasn't born again, it has nothing to do with it. You are not born by the decision of citizenship of a country. Or the decision of some people. So, because you are not born by human decision, you cannot be unborn by anything. Demons were not there when Jesus died and saved you. Okay? Demons have no problem. They have no, no jurisdiction over it. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision. I love it. Or her husband's will. But, born of God. <laughs> Why would the Bible be saying this? It's because he knows that many of us will be ignorant. You know, my daughter was telling me that she met somebody. And she was, that person was talking about demons and stuff like that. And she said, are you not born again? She said, yeah, I'm born again. And he went from England to Nigeria. When he was in, she was in England, she doesn't believe all those trash. 
But the moment she got to Nigeria, she started to live in Nigeria, went to church in Nigeria. Now she's afraid of those demons. Can you imagine that? Should Nigerian ministers and church just be making people afraid of devil all over the whole place? I think she will have stayed in London, not know, even if she doesn't know, if she doesn't know uh, demon at all, it's better for her. If, even if she was going to just an evangelical church where they would just teach you about love, it's better than to be in a Pentecostal church that they will, they will brainwash you or down bring you to be, to, be, to, to be afraid of demons. You are better off in a church of love than a church of demon, 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 because we end up where demons are. You will soon doubt God for what God is. You will soon doubt yourself for what God says you are. So on earth, you will suffer miserably. And when you die, unfortunately, Jesus will say, I know you not. You, Jesus will show you how many times you mentioned demon on earth. And how Then who do you love? Is it Jesus or demons? But let me say this. You've got to let your members know. Because, I mean, that lady had the justification... She, when, when they were telling her that, you know, do you know, are you a born again? He said, yes, you are born again. Yeah, okay. But what is, look at the scriptures. He that is born of God overcomes the world. He said, but, but, you see, but, you see, but generational curses, what about that? And she opened the scripture to her and said, look, read the book of Ezekiel 18, verse 1. What is this proverb I hear in Israel? Is that, he said, she said to her, is that instruction or what? He said, that's a question. He said, okay. So if God is asking you a question, does he want you to now make that a policy? And he says, the fathers are eating sour grapes and the teeth of the sons are set on eggs. He said, read the next line. He said, never shall I hear it. I hear it. How could the entire church of God on earth be so, most of them, be so ignorant that some people wrote books on that and they made millions? Some people wrote books on what God said. I must never hear it again. And they wrote it and said that God wants you to hear it because that is the truth. And they made millions. You can see how pitiable the condition of God's church and all is. You know why? They are like the people of Jonah. They don't know their left from their right. People go to church, they don't know they are God's children. They don't know the privileges of God's children. Tell them who they are. They are just God's children, period. Let them know this for sure. So if they make a mistake, they know how to go back to their father. Not to die in condemnation until the devil destroyed their families. Let the people know. Their decision, their being God's children did not come by a cooperation of any decision. It didn't come by anybody's meeting or consensus voting. They are God's children. By grace. See, that's what the Bible is saying here. Not of human decision, or husbands will be bought by God. So what have we looked at? What is the church of God, number one? Saved by grace, number two. Go tell somebody after you have been saved, number three. You are God's children, number four. Now, number five. Jesus is our senior brother. If we are God's children, therefore, Jesus is our senior brother. We have a martial man in the house. His name is Jesus. He can handle anything we cannot handle. Come on now. The most muscular superman. His name is Jesus. Listen to me. There is nothing that can intimidate you if you understand that Jesus is just in your brother. What scripture says that? Romans chapter 29. Those for new, he also predestined to be conformed 
to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. I love it. I celebrate it. <laughs> I am proud to be the junior brother of Jesus Christ. You know, whenever I read this scripture, I feel power, I feel power drunk. I want to go to everywhere they have images and start doing kung fu on them. Break this one's head and that one's neck over, that one hand and legs and stuff. Because, you know, this is your senior brother. Listen to me. If we go to forbidden forest or evil forest or shrine of demons or, or gods, what do you think is happening? As we are stepping into it, angels are coming into it with us. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> Don't need to bind them. Leave them loose. The Bible says, do something whether good or bad that we may know that Us don't have to be afraid of demigods or all these images. Do you know something? Those of us who have been foreknown and predestined by God to be conformed, that is to become 100% like our brother, Jesus Christ. And the scripture is so clear and so simple. It says that he may be the firstborn among many brothers. I love that. That Jesus may be the firstborn among many brothers. I love it. I love it more than anything. As we relate to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we relate to him as our brother. I will show you the benefits of brotherhood. As we relate to Jesus as our senior brother, let us begin to really relate to him as, you know, as we relate to him as our Lord, we must relate to him as our senior brother. Look, look at me very well. Does something resonate in you? So you and Jesus, you are the same. Your senior brother is only older than you. And that's what Jesus is. Your senior brother is uh, more intelligent than you. Yes? Isn't it? Your senior brother is stronger than you. Isn't it? If you want to carry something in the house and it's heavy, what do you, who do you call? Come on, answer me. Who do you call? Your senior brother. Maybe you are still very small like this and your senior brother is already bearded and hefty. And mommy said, go get me that verse. And that's what mommy or daddy says. And you go to the vase and you carried it. You couldn't carry it. And your senior brother is hanging around and he saw you trying to carry it. What does he do? Without being asked. Without being asked. Because the instruction of the father right from this place to the sitting room and the father knows that you don't have strength to do it but he knows that your brother is around you and the father won't tell you that call your brother to mature as a human being and you get there and you're trying to carry it even if your senior brother is not around what would you say you call your senior brother wherever he is uh-huh alfred he comes daddy said you know, when you're telling your senior brother that daddy said you should carry this, you, you cannot doubt that he will help you because it's daddy who said. Isn't it? But you know, the practical difference between the physical analysis and this spiritual one is this. Your senior brother said, 
And lo, I am with you always. Different between it may not be within your jurisdiction or within your reach. Okay? But this spiritual senior brother, the moment you go in to do what the Father sends you, and you are bold and you confront it, as you confront it in boldness and faith, he will hear and he will know that you are on a mission. He is right behind you. Alright? Now you are confronting something bigger than you. Uh-huh. Because the Father says, go get him. Alright? The moment you stretch your hand, he is with you. It's not just your hand, but your hand with his hands. You see, whatever you are confronting does not know that he is behind you. He will look at you as small and tiny, and so they will undermine you, and they will come with all their power. And he will go behind you. And they are gone. This is how the battle of the Spirit is done. He is with you every time. Apart from that, he lives inside you. Why should you be afraid of anything? Jesus is your senior brother. I love it. I thank you, Father, for not letting me miss this kingdom. Do you know what? It says in verse 28 of, of chapter, chapter 8 of Rome, Romans, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Verse 30 says, and those he predestined, he also what? Called. He had called you into a predestination, pre-programming. Alright? Not only that, he said, <laughs> and those that he called, he also justified. And I love the word past tense, called past tense, justified past tense, then he says, and those he justified, he also word glorified. Now, let me say this to you. This man of it, I won't consider whether what I'm saying is correct. Because he said called, that is past. Okay? Justified, which is past. Then glorified, which is past. This tells me that when mercy is shown to us by God and salvation given by grace, as we enter the door of salvation to come into the kingdom, justification, glorification, and calling enters with us. Because they are past. They enter with us. Now, let me help you understand the scripture. So, when you get born again, you enter through the door of grace because you pass through mercy. With grace, in the hands of grace, is justified. Justification, so you, cannot be, you, can't, you are sinless once you pass through the grace. Then, glorification. Alright? The glory is with you. Of course, you know, salvation that is not a reason. It says, Appalled. Bible does not contradict. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, alright, I did that in uh, the grace of Jesus Christ given to us, verse 7. And then in verse 11, he mentioned five offices. Apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and also, um, and then in verse 12, he said, For the 
development of saints, to equip the saints, to grow the saints, all these gifts. So they can walk in the world. So you can understand the gift God has with church, the church manifests because they have been called already. Whatever thing that God organized as everybody, first we grow into a great given to them, they not the same food. Glory. When I go to the state, right, and I have to preach the God, we put in, they are here now. Before going to the pulpit, that are, and you can't convince me that as sinners they will be. I know that. The only thing I ask God is how many. <laughs> Alright? Then, if there are, they will know that for sure. If anybody will count or deliver. And I know that it's not because of my gift. Even if you step into my shoes and reward Will do. Someone says that I'm not an apostle. Let me show you this. Yesterday, Mister in the book Acts very quickly. Chapter. Okay. If you look at. Verse thirty. Says our the apostles come to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And what is the name of the together? And that scripture the apostles continue to to the resurrection of who? Jesus Christ. Now and they testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What's happened to us? <laughs> Did you see that? See that together? Come on now, I want everybody to speak to me now. Can we see that together? I can hear a voice from you now. Look, what you think is just a to. It says here, you, just the place of a Now, the important thing is not the office. The important thing is the Okay. So, it says, with great power, of church, deaconesses, elders, so I cover the whole church. Or ask the kings. But, continued by so many falls that you testify, not continuing to testify, nothing happen. As you continue to testify, what is happening? Grace, 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 grace. Much now, when it becomes much grace, look how with much 
There were no needy persons among them. The only that can eradicate poverty is teaching the resurrection. Guys, financially be transformed. Tells about prosperity. Capage all those things in the church. Teach them about resurrection. Jesus Christ, therefore, they are Lord. Let them understand. Like they proper nonsense from prosperity. They don't know who this is. They don't even know they belong to the family. So their resource is not to be shared because that would so they have resources from the father. When a person knows that I'm of God and knows me. Be told to give because on this side, we speak to them. Some people have home coming to that today that they need one X amount of money that need because they're in relationship with Jesus Himself. No, in the family and give according to their means. They will give. They break God because it is they have the need that they are part of this household. Not manipulative. God said to me, Ten people, you know, should give them all. They are liars. Somebody said before I had a message of a man who said, you know, kingdom of God, not Jesus. Look at what he got to that he, he lied. The kingdom of God is not about Jesus, it's about, it's about any other thing than Jesus. It's about the resurrection of Christ. The Bible says what brought power to the apostles was that they preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not a, not a kingdom, as in their quotation. Jesus is the door to the kingdom, he is the gate to the kingdom, he is the kingdom himself. Anybody who means that has some mental neurosis. Let's go back to and finish. Therefore, what is the benefit of being the brother of Jesus Christ? For those he also prayed that he confirmed the son that he might husband among many he also was called and those he called he also was justified and those he justified he also was Glory, glory for you. As you step into your calling, the glory comes. You don't pray for it. Once you step into the calling, glory comes. Because by being called, get into the call, the glory is with the call. The justification provokes the calling. Together they are given to you. There's a glory attached to it. And you, you want to see the glory do what the calling says. One time, we go and lock up, step and fast for seven days. What? Pray for power, 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 power. I think what people have been saying is already receive it. Use it. You receive it. But we didn't hear. Hello? He said, I've given you. He said, I've given you. Power. He said, use the word. But you know, half time, we just talk to God. That's it. Power, power, power. Will you wait for God to speak? Hallelujah. 
Samba. When we come more mature, we find that the power. When Jesus said, Luke chapter nine, he said he sent them the twelve in twos. He gave authority. Why they were with station? Because you want to see. Manifest went out to where they needed. Didn't know they got anything because they never took in their heads like we always but it would and cream all over him before we know he got past. Went and on strange enough, first place they got people got get they were people got hit. He said they must and he came out. When they came back, the Bible didn't give us a report about what they said, but maybe because they but to the church center when they say, Oh master, oh Jesus, even demons, you know. Hey, Jesus, come on, listen to us. Demons, demons, not only you, but demons submit to us. They said, Hallelujah, somebody. They submit to us. They said, not only people, but I, I went along. You see, Peter was with me. He was somewhere else. I come out. The demon came out. Yes. And Jesus rejoiced. Why? God said Jesus celebrated them. Then it's good to know that demons and deliverance again you so Jesus said in them. Because the Bible says this to them that believe they will cast out devil that before but rejoice now that your name is written in the last book of life. Let the church know this. Let him know this. Let him know this. So therefore it says and those he predestined he called justified. Verse 1 says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, let your church people know that nothing can be against anyone that God is for. Either devil or demons or curses or whatever they may call it, your father's curse, your mother's curse. You have no business with those thoughts. Your umbilical cord has been connected from that family when you accept Jesus Christ of Nazareth as Lord and Savior. It says, What then shall we say? In response to this, your response to God is, if God be for me, I don't care what is against me. And it says, he who did not his own son, but offer us all, how much will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously or avalanchely or, you know, hilariously, give us all things. Now, if you have been watching this program, this is where we're going to stop in this session. I'm sure you have been blessed. Please read within the lines of the scripture as it is written. The new move of God that is coming upon the earth is for those who hold firm. Not those who run with doctrine because the, 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 the climate will change very shortly. I believe in this year. It is essential for everyone who believe in the name of the Lord Jesus to understand the written word. And believe in the written word and disbelieve every doctrine that is contrary to what is written. So that you can operate in the power of the cross. Remember, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation unto all who believe. God bless you. And sign.
Now, we can go off. I'm going to stop here because.